0: Welcome to the Wealth Academy podcast. This podcast helps you discover wealth is more than just money. It consists of several empowering components that make up wealth in your personal and business life. Now, here's your host. Yes, good day, good day, everyone. And I hope you're doing wonderful. I'm doing wonderful. And as the new year kicks off 2021, we want to start out positive and in a great direction. Of course, I'm host of Wealth Academy Podcast. And today's session is really a coaching session. Of course, the goal this year is to conduct 52 free money coaching sessions. This is week four. (laughs) And so I have an honored guest today. His name is Askia Davis Sr. Let me give you some background on him because he's going to be coaching along with me. So he is the uh, co-founder and executive volunteer at Executive Services Network for the wonderful country of Nigeria. He's a social entrepreneur at ASKIA Consulting, former superintendent of the New York City Department of Education, He attended Columbia University, Brooklyn College. Need I say more? Brooklyn's in the house. How are you doing today, Askea Davis, senior?
1: I'm doing quite well, Paul.
0: Oh, fantastic. And thank you. Thank you for being along as the the coach today as well. So uh, we're going to get started. And this particular session is different than a regular interview in that what we're trying to do is to really inspire, encourage and most importantly empower people to become financially free, debt free, so they can move along in their lives. And COVID-19 is showing everyone that if they had a uh, amount of savings or emergency funding that it would actually have been in place uh, since uh, 10 months ago. So we're gonna get started now. So, a year we're looking at the U.S. at three point three trillion—that's with a capital T—in debt, and a lot of it is because of the COVID nineteen, the pandemic. And so, what we're finding out is the, the U.S. government is upside down. We have about four point seven trillion; is higher than the revenue we brought in—three point six five trillion. So, that's a lot of money. And one of the things that we're seeing is that the average household uh, debt is $145,000. Ooh, that's a lot of money. And uh, when we look at consumer debt, it's about $14.3 trillion at the end of the uh, second quarter of 2020 and $9.78 trillion for the mortgages. And 3.5% of all American households make up 70% 70% of household debt. We're in debt in America. So let's get started. And we're going to provide a few strategies to help people become debt free. And let's talk about the importance of escaping debt debt traps. In other words, people purchasing things they can't afford or really don't need, if you want to share about that to help, help our listeners.
1: Well, I, I think it's important to have a financial perspective to know what your financial perspective is. First of all, what is your financial profile? Are you a consumer? Are you a saver? Are you an investor? What are your goals? So important.
0: Absolutely.
1: Uh, I've had one credit card since 1975. American Express.
0: Fantastic.
1: Why American Express? Yes. Because yes. at the end of 30 days, you have to pay off what you've had, what you owe.
0: So there be no balance.
1: <laughs> there are times because later in my career when I was doing financially well, I was able to pay off at the end of January, some bills at American Express of $10,000. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I purchased computers, mm-hmm. education for my mm-hmm. daughters.
0: Yes, that's a great investment.
1: And Every year, I use American Express to make major contributions to the United Negro College Fund, yes. Doctors Without Borders, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. So I always use that card, and I always had a mindset that I would never, ever use a card where I see people paying 17%, 18%, 24%. Interest, yes. Whereas at this particular time, people are getting less than 1% interest on their savings. So that's a basic principle that I've developed over my life. And that is, it's not how much you make. Correct. Because I was superintendent of schools in New York. I made my last salary before I retired was almost mm-hmm. $200,000. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a lot of money. Right. I know a lot of people who were my peers who were making $200,000 who were basically broke. Exactly, Because they had a lot of credit <laughs> out there. Yes. So it's not how much you make. make. It's really not how much you save that is really mm-hmm. key. Mm-hmm. Because now when people are saving, they're getting very little on the saving. Yes. But it's how much you invest. So how do you take what you have and turn that into investment capital?
0: That's so not, for instance, just quickly I'll say
1: this. hmm Yeah. So just quickly, I'll say this. So in 2002, I decided that I was going to move from a a historic brownstone here in Brooklyn. It's on the national register Mm -hmm. of historic houses. And I was going to move to a condominium. My wife was tired of walking up and downstairs. Mm -hmm. So I took that brownstone equity that I had, and I used it to make a $100,000 plus down payment on the condominium. Mm -hmm. I got in the condominium in 2002 and my interest rate was 5.875.
0: Which was good for that time.
1: Which wasn't bad. But guess what? As within three months, the average interest rate at HSBC went down to 5.50. So... I called up HSBC. They allowed me to send them a check for $1,000 and they gave me the lower rate.
0: No, that
1: lower rate saved me $117,000 over the oh, 30-year life of I've my allowed.
0: mortgage. That is great.
1: So yeah. it's how do you take what you have and, and and turn it? Now, I didn't always have a lot, and I'll stop at this. Sure, Brother Paul, when I was... <laughs> Uh, 1981 I was a senior official in the office of the chancellor at the New York City Board of Education high-level position. I was driving a taxi cab Uh on weekends. I was going up to Columbia University University because I was working on my doctoral degree. Uh My two daughters were living with me so I had to get home at a reasonable time to put them to bed, to bathe them, put them to bed,
0: absolutely,
1: to comb their hair. Uh I did a not such a good job of plaiting their hair.
0: That's okay.
1: <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's the
0: skill set there.
1: <laughs> but, 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 but what I did is my mindset was, okay, this is where I am now. Uh-huh. I, I, I was doing that because I was paying two rents. I was paying the rent of my ex-wife, uh-huh. uh, a great woman, uh-huh. but that was the situation she was in. So when Ooh. I left, I agreed to do that. Yeah. Because family is family forever,
0: and it's no. You see, very even when you divorce,
1: that's my attitude. Exactly. There's a basic principle that I have, and I think we need to learn this as men. Mm-hmm. It's very expensive to have a woman on the side. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> so, so what I did, uh, Brother Paul, is uh-huh. I started to educate myself. So Got the it. perspective was, I'm broke. I didn't have anything, my kids were eating bread and cheese and tuna fish. Uh-huh. You know, to pay those two rents. Sure. But guess what? And to pay my tuition, etc., what I did is I started look listening to Lewis Rukaiser every Friday night, Wall Street Week.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And although I didn't have a penny to invest, I started to learn the principles of investment. So and that has carried me throughout my life. Sure. So what I have done is I've learned to take what I have and to grow it over a period of time. And I'll stop there.
0: Okay. Uh, that was some great insight. And that's a win for someone because someone may be looking at their current mortgage situation as an example and said, hey, if I go back, I just had a, a mortgage, I got it approved, I'm in the house and that rates down now, they're in the two, two percent in a lot of cases, and it would behoove people to get on out there and make that change. So that's a, a great principle right there. And again, uh, a, a great role that you're providing some principles for a man is to be responsible, whether you're divorced, you're separated, whatever it is, you're still as family, you got to take care of family. So some great principles there. So when we look at um, relationships as it pertains to money, Um, What is your particular take on the relationship, if you could provide a couple of sentences on the relationship that people can have with money? Now, you just provided part of that, but talk to something in regards to uh, people who typically work hard, they receive a paycheck, but they spend every penny. And kind of reverse engineer that to help people to understand why that's not the right thing to do or a good thing to do.
1: Well, I talked earlier about knowing your investment, your financial profile. So are mm-hmm. you a consumer? Are you into consuming? So a lot of people, as I said, <laughs> they make big income, mm-hmm. but the income disappears quickly because what they do is they purchase the wants
0: as opposed and not to not necessarily,
1: necessarily the needs. needs. So it. I've learned throughout my life, like my son told me about 10 years ago when he was graduating from Mm -hmm. high school. He says, Dad, why are you still driving this uh, eight year old, uh, 10 year old Camry? You know, and I said, son, this Camry gets us back and forth on your basketball games because that's all I used it for. Sure. And I said, guess what? He says, Dad, but we have so much money. And I said, yeah. And I said, and when I get a mistress, I go out and buy me a Maserati. Exactly. You see, but what happens is we have so many people who, uh, I believe that you should buy based on your wants and you should buy high quality. Correct. Right?
0: High quality so lasts cheap. longer. And, um, it, 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 it's high quality cheap. lasts longer. It lasts longer, exactly.
1: I bought a $500 pair of shoes when I got this big promotion back in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And guess what? That $500 pair of shoes, this is 2021. i go, I go back in my closet and i pull it out and you would think they're almost new because I wore them, you know, right. on special occasions when I had right. to impress. Yes. So you make decisions, you know, about that. So the other thing that I think is so important that mm-hmm. so many of our listeners don't understand, especially the men, is that you have to invest in your health. Yes. Right because that is a need not a want that's some a, people want to do yeah. shortcuts sure they don't want to get the comprehensive health plan right and then when they have a catastrophe they have it comes bills, back on them you know it comes back on them mm-hmm. so if you have a family put those extra dollars that you would be spending at the restaurant or sure. you know uh
0: Buying, buying, Into, uh, alcohol. buying uh, the
1: health insurance that you need to sure. make sure your family is protected. Because if you don't invest in your health, it's gonna cost you more than a pretty penny. So the principle is, okay, these are the things I want. Okay, maybe I get a little bit of what I want. Sure. But I'm gonna really focus on what I need. And yes. that's where I'm going to invest my time, my money, my education in terms mm-hmm. of building that.
0: Yes, and I tell you that that's what really the uh, subtitle of this podcast is: is wealth is more than just money. And you really hit the nail on the head by stating that really your health is your wealth. If you don't, if you even if you had millions of dollars, if you had bad health, it's really not going to help you in the long run, because it's your health yeah. right now. Uh, when we look at the number one priorities, is health. And people uh, need health insurance, and and by the virtue of the fact that we know this is an immune issue, uh, what I did uh, come uh, mid March, I purchased me a stationary bike with bands on it, resistance band. Why? Because I wanted to enhance my immune system, and I use weights, yes. eat healthy, healthy meals, drink water, um, and then. I uh, ensure that I get two 45 minute workouts in each day. That's how much of a priority is because if you have bad health in the middle of pandemic likelihood is you would never make it to the hospital. There won't be a bed available.
1: And another principle that that I learned early on, because you know, you watch your peers right? and you know, we as men typically don't want to listen to our wives, you know, and When our wife said, you know, you need to check out that spot sure. on your skin on, on your back, the first thing I said was, Look, hey, there's nothing to it. Mm-hmm. But I also knew that although I didn't want to listen, that I had to listen. <laughs> so I go and I get a biopsy, right? Sure. To right. make sure it's not skin cancer. Yes. We need to be proactive, pro-active. about our health. Yes. Proactive about our health. My Because I purchased the, I always had the comprehensive policy uh, for health. When my wife got two knee operations at NYU, Langone, Mm -hmm. New York University, Langone, Mm -hmm. uh, three years ago, the bill was $101,000. That's enough. You know how much I paid? (laughs) I paid $315 copay.
0: Now, Now that's a great investment there. That's great health You see care. what I'm saying? Absolutely.
1: I had, so it's that quality of health care. So, if, if, you know, for my wife, if it had, if, if the copay had been $20,000, I would have done that, too.
0: Sure. That wouldn't but have too, been bad.
1: I was shocked when it came back $315. Uh, but that's, that's the quality of the health insurance. And so I say to people, you know, uh, women are very perceptive.
0: Sure.
1: And they're going to see a lot of things that men don't see because we're sort of ego driven.
0: Right, they're very uh, intuitive. So
1: so we need, so even in a financial sense, we need Mm -hmm. to step back sometimes from our ego and we have to listen and we need to study, right? And so, no, listen when someone gives you advice. Mm -hmm. The other quick things that I I would say, Brother Paul, is that we need to know a financial principle that that I've always lived with is, you have to know, no one could give you advice financially sure. that is meaningful unless you have a basic understanding of the principles and ideas and investments that they're presenting before you. Sure. So it's important. And when it comes to taxes, it's the same thing. I know lawyers who are selling their homes and they're not, they're not real estate lawyers and all of a sudden they don't know the tax consequences and they're sure. trying to figure it out and they're listening to someone. Mm-hmm. But I believe that you have, to, you have to study.
0: You have to take and time we need out to, spend to
1: do it. Time. Right. Yeah, we need to spend more time. We need to spend more time listening to the financial news than listening yes. to MSNBC right. and CNN. Yeah. Because all it does is just, re- all those stations do is repeat. But Correct. if you want to know what's going on in the economy The implications that it has for your financial situation, you need to listen to CNBC and Bloomberg.
0: Yes, absolutely. And and the thing I look at is is this, is that um, unfortunately in the school system, starting at a very young age, they should really teach financial literacy to the young children. I had a, another guest on a call uh, about a week ago and she asked, well, how young is too young to teach uh, children financial literacy? I said, there's no such thing as being too young. You, you apply some principles, show them principles. You, uh, what I did with my children, I went to the bank and I got out some dollars, uh, d- dollar bills and quarters, dimes, and I showed them how to exchange money. If you make a purchase for a certain amount, you exchange the money because I would go into stores and I would see kids purchase something, they would walk away. And they had change coming back to them, but they didn't know to wait. So no one ever taught them how to do that. So with my children, I taught them how to do that. And I think that's very important. And another uh, thing that we want to look at is uh, when when we look at our country being in such a deficit right now, uh, 3.3 trillion, a lot of that is the result of that COVID. But the big problem is in 2017, the top 1% was given tax cuts. Well, that meant less revenue put back into the government system. So now the US government is overspending. And we have to take that same approach as uh, for, for our personal finances. We have to not overspend trying to keep up with the Joneses. And it's like you said, we have to stay in our lane, get what we we need versus what we want. And, and that's part exactly. of the problem in a consumer uh, economy that we happen to be in.
1: Yes, I, I want to say something about that. Sure. Uh, when my son was two and a half years old, we were we were looking for a Montessori school
0: right.
1: here in Brooklyn.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I was a senior assistant to the chancellor. I had been senior assistant to the preceding chancellor, and I was senior assistant to the next chancellor. And I was looking for a Montessori school, and of course we were going in, we were we were middle-class by this time. And of course yeah. I wanted the so-called best middle-class school for my well, kid. I,
0: is that- so
1: I started looking downtown uh, Brooklyn Brooklyn Heights. Brooklyn Heights is an upscale historic district. Sure. And so I went downtown and I started looking at places and the tuition was $10,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And for my son, I was willing to do that and not go to restaurants, not do a whole lot of other things because right. I wanted, to, wanted him to have a quality early education. Right. But, you know, the spirit is very powerful.
0: Absolutely. One okay. day
1: I was sitting and I was meditating and the spirit told me, pick up the phone book, the yellow pages, and you're going to see the school that you need to go to. Sure. I picked it up. I told my wife, I said, he's going to Garden, Gardens Montessori. Uh-huh. And it was in the hood, uh-huh. right? Right. It was in the hood. It wasn't an upscale because now I'm high up in the school system and sure. I'm thinking I need a high, a high-end school. You
0: need to reflect my that. My son right.
1: went to that school. Brother Paul, that was one of the biggest blessings in my son's <laughs> life ever. Awesome. The quality of this black woman who ran that school, her investment in those kids-
0: Was second to none. I,
1: I'm telling you, and the quality of the education. In fact, what I found out later, as my son spent three years there, is that when the Montessori, Montessori um, International Montessori Association comes from Italy to show schools in America, they come to that school in the hood. Wow. The gardens Montessori.
0: So, and I it say was really, so it was really about the commitment to those students and the families.
1: It's the quality.
0: The area, yes.
1: Brother Paul, I'm going to say this to my Black folks. You know, we have this idea that, you know, we want our kids to go to all these high-end institutions. Uh-huh. And there's nothing wrong with that. Sure. But they come out, there are families who are going broke. Oh, yeah. The kids come out, 100000 dollars and student loans—they're paying off student loans for thirty years
0: for the rest of their life, like a, taking on a house. Except so they're not appreciating. How,
1: how do you take what what you have, and you know there are great quality state universities. You—I think oh, you're yeah. in Virginia, right? In Maryland, you got you got the University of Virginia, uh-huh. which may not be—it's a lot cheaper than. Harvard, but it's a sure. great school. Absolutely, you got Norfolk State, you got Howard,
0: uh-huh. you got the University, University of Maryland, Maryland. Uh-huh. you got
1: University Boys of uh, Maryland Baltimore County. College. You got high quality schools, oh, yeah. and our kids can go to those schools at the undergraduate level. Sure, get a solid foundation, and then if they want to go on to the other institutions, Boy, you know, they can do that. Yeah, but and what go we do is scholarship hmm. Exactly. And what I'm saying is we need to look at this this trap in terms of higher education, because for a lot of families, it's not paying off.
0: Oh, it's no, not, not really paying in off. In fact, I think that's why uh, President uh, Biden is trying to get that student uh, debt. They're putting it on hold now, but they're giving consideration to to doing away with it altogether because, they you know, you can't make a life. If you, after you graduate from college with $100,000 of debt, when I I went to college, I couldn't even afford $3,500 per per, uh, quarter semester. But what I did, uh, I ended up getting grants, right? I got grants and then I got a two-year ROTC and that helped pay for my school. And then when I graduated, I didn't have any tuition I didn't owe any tuition on anything. So I I immediately started working on my master's degree and the Air Force paid 75% of that tuition, which was a bargain. So we're giving people some wins here, Eskia.
1: Excuse
0: me? Yes, we're giving people some wins here and things that they can look at and consider doing. And uh, one of the other things is when we look at the average household debt, uh, in the United States, it's 145,000 per family. That's for families who are not financially free, of course.
1: Yes. But Paul, one thing that I want to say again, going back to mortgages. Sure. I, I had a friend, a uh, Black woman, very highly educated, uh, about 1993 or so. Uh, I said to her, uh, she was telling me, you know, she was living in Brooklyn. She had this high interest rate. Sure. It was like some ridiculous number. They had given her one of these... Uh, Subprime loans, right? right? Oh, even goodness. though her credit, even though her credit was, was good great, but you know what they do with a lot oh, of white yeah. folks.
0: Yeah, they're gonna
1: and so I looked at it and I said, So why don't you refinance? And she says, Well, I refinanced, it was 12 percent and I got it down to eight percent. Uh but that was six months ago. And uh-huh. I said, So why don't you refinance now? You could get it down to like five yeah. percent,
0: yeah,
1: or four percent. And she, and I said, and when you get it down you're going to find out that not only are your payments going gonna to be, be lower. you're going to have shorter time on, she actually went from a 30 to 15 year.
0: Paying less interest over the life of the loan. And she still
1: was saving $200. Oh uh, yeah, but she says, I can't, I can't refinance because I just did it. The light of knowledge. Right. I said, there's you nothing to it. stop you from refinancing exactly. again.
0: Absolutely. Not and
1: the all... other thing that I want to say is that last at last January, I went out with the attorney general of the state of New York, uh-huh. and I knocked on a hundred doors of homeowners because in Brooklyn, and, and a lot of these did have these-
0: People people don't know know better.
1: Elderly woman, she went away for health reasons and, uh-huh. and uh, stayed uh, with her son for like three months. She came back home to Brooklyn, found somebody living in a house, who had gotten the mortgage and she was able to ultimately get them out.
0: But the system wanted her to pay the bank. Can you believe that? That is unbelievable.
1: (laughs) We have assets. Sure. We got to manage our assets. We have to know, we have to make sure our family knows because there are black folks who die. And you know, I have a friend now in South Carolina and he has a property, he has a lot of uh, assets, sure. but he's estranged from his family. Right. His, his son and his grandsons and his, and, so, uh, and his great-grandson. And so he says, I don't care, you know, I'm just gonna, I don't care what happened. I said, you know what's gonna happen? It's gonna get you taken don't away. Get your act together and get your will together and, and get your trust together. You hmm. know what's going to happen? Some Somebody probate. who looks like Lindsey Graham in South Carolina, some judge who looks like Lindsey Graham is going to preside, preside over the execution of your estate
0: in and he's going court. to give
1: it to his nephew mm-hmm. to manage for a fee. Exactly. And, and you know, that convinced my friend to take care of this matter. Absolutely. So we need to get past some of the anger sometimes that we have. Sure. sure. You know, because it's really, as you said earlier, it's about strategy. It's about yes. being strategic. Absolutely. It's about being able to pass on assets, being able to preserve, yes. being able to protect. Uh-huh. I believe the churches should the churches in the black community should be doing a lot more of what you're doing. So Absolutely. God bless you.
0: All right. Thank you. So we're getting uh, to the end of this coaching session. It's been very enlightening for all of us, for the listeners. I know they're going to really appreciate it. So um, what we're going to do, if you have any uh, last comments you want to provide, if not, I'll close everything out here. We normally stay at about 30 minutes and we're just about there.
1: Okay. I just want to say quickly, the universe, the foundation of the universe is faith, right? Mm -hmm. So If, you know, and I'm not talking about Christian, Jew, right. Islam or anything. So that that Mm -hmm. whole sense of, okay, we have to have faith in ourselves and in our abilities to perceive what we are now financially, perceive what we want to go and to create the mindset that takes us there. Absolutely. And that's what I learned at the time that I was broke. Mm hmm And I saw myself being where I am now. And it's even better than I imagined because it
0: grows. That is beautiful. That is awesome. So thank you so much for that. Askia Davis Sr. coach today along with me. And we're trying to provide some wins provide some strategies in terms of what people can look at. Oftentimes we get so caught up in the day to day. COVID-19 has caused a lot of people to take a step back, take a deep breath and exhale. However, we have to be very proactive here in 2021 because we did lose quite a bit in 2020, but we want to move forward positively. And today with this coaching session, it's going to help some people who are out there. It's stated, uh, brother Skia, that if you even help one person, then that goes towards goodness. And that's exactly what happened today. So thank you so much. And to all of the, and peace to you, brother. And thanks to all the listeners out there. This is week four of the Enter to Win free coaching uh, contest. And I brought today from wonderful Brooklyn, New York, Skia Davis Sr., Dr. Uh, Skia Davis Sr., And uh, we did this because we want to help you, the listeners and audiences everywhere. And and we have a lot of people in India who are listening on on this podcast as well. And so we want to get the message out all over the world for people to start really focusing in and honing in on their finances and align it with your spirit and mind, body and spirit. Because what's happening with uh, the top reason why people are stressed out today is financial. There's anxiety, there's stress, there's depression, there are marital breakups, and that should not be happening. So we're trying to reverse that trend and bring it more into the living financially free, becoming wealth builders, and as you stated, legacy wealth as well. So my time is up. Again, I'm your host, Paul Lawrence Van. Thank you for your time, and I'll see you on the next episode of Wealth Academy Podcast. Have a great day and continue. Thank to you enjoy for the listening. Weekend. You Thank will you find the much. show notes Goodbye. for links to everything that was mentioned. You will find the show notes on my landing page. Subscribe to the Wealth Academy Podcast. Rate or review the podcast on iTunes.